You're listening to the Teach Better Talk podcast featuring expert educators eager to share progressive tactics to reach more students. Teach Better Talk is created by teachers and fueled by passion. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 124 of Teach Better Talk. I'm Ray Hewitt, and as always, I'm with my cranberry-hating friend, Jeff Gargas. <laughs> Did you like why that? You asked me what, I was wondering why you asked me that. You're like, what's your least favorite food? And I'm like, I don't know. And I'm thinking to myself, she's going to say something about that in the intro. So you should never like answer a question that you think might come back and bite you in the butt. <laughs> I, if that was the case, I'd never talk to you. So do you, well, that's, come on, that's not true. Do you like, not like cranberries or do you just not prefer them? Like, will you refuse to no, eat them? No, it's just, it said, what's my least favorite Thanksgiving food? That's my least favorite. I didn't necessarily say that I don't like them. I didn't say I hate them or that I don't like cranberry sauce. It's my least favorite of all Thanksgiving food. If you're at Thanksgiving table and they're passing around the food, like, oh, the turkey and the, the green bean, you get to mash potatoes and then... Here comes the cranberries. Like, what do you think, Jeff? Well, first off, we do buffet socks. I ain't got time for you to be passing stuff to me. I'm going <laughs> to get in the line and get it done. No, so so cranberry, the cranberry sauce is like the, it's just, it's, I don't usually take it. I usually fill up with everything else. I'm, I love my turkey, mashed potatoes, gravy, stuffing. My mom does a corn souffle. Um, and then like just uses some sort of like green beans or something and rolls. Like I just don't have any room for cranberry sauce. I do like my grandma has awesome applesauce that I do on the side. I just, maybe I'll do it this year. Maybe I'll switch it up because of this episode right now. Well, Jeff, what I'm going to challenge you to do, and I know our listeners are really going to be on <laughs> pins and needles waiting for you to accomplish this. Can you please take a photo of your Thanksgiving dinner plate? Cause we want to see where, um, we'll give you suggestions on where we think the cranberries could go next year, like on the plate. Um, we'll be there to support you. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to push out a picture of my plate. Yes. If you answer quick enough, maybe I might be able to add them, add it to my plate. Oh, good. 2019 cranberry placement. Yeah. So instead of spending time with your family, paying attention to what you're doing, make sure you focus on my Twitter, my Instagram and the team's Instagram so that you can get that. I'm glad your priorities are in the right space. So, Ray, what do you do for Thanksgiving? Oh. I don't think I know this. This is a conflict in my- What's your routine? Yeah, this is a conflict in my family. Oh, really? Oh, do tell. I know. This is drama. So, my family has been- Drama. Drama. You're getting Hewitt drama right here. (laughs) My family has spent 25 years of my 28 years of life traveling to one specific vacation spot over Thanksgiving- And we stopped going a few years ago. And so every year over Thanksgiving has been like a toss up. Like we don't even know what to do for Thanksgiving if we're not vacationing in this, in this venue. So this year, drum roll, please. Everyone's coming to my house. So I'm hosting Thanksgiving dinner. I know. Big deal. But I want to, I want to preface. Don't you mean Dan is hosting Thanksgiving dinner? Well, good point. So Jeff is insinuating. I don't cook. The reason I don't cook is because a week before my wedding, I almost cut off my own finger and I had my entire wedding like experience. I had an awesome cast on my hand. It's the running joke in my family. But the best part of this, Jeff, and you're going to be so excited to hear this, my father is traveling from Chicago to my house and he is cooking all of Thanksgiving dinner. He's an amazing chef. We are so lucky to have him. And so 
while I'm hosting, like my house is the venue. Um, really, I will do nothing but sit on my butt and hang out with my mom. <laughs> it's gonna be great. Well, that's a good way to host right there. Oh, it's fabulous. I like it. Good stuff. Yeah. So I do want to make sure that we do a little challenge because for those of you listening to Teach Better Talk on Thanksgiving Day, you know that our hashtag Teach Better November challenge for today was the challenge of giving yourself permission to spend time with family. It was this this challenge of taking time for yourself. And so hopefully for listening to this episode, you have taken upon that challenge to really intentionally give your time and energy to those that you love around the Thanksgiving season. Um, However, I think it would be cool to challenge people to a little Thanksgiving Teach Better Talk challenge. What do you think? Sure. What does that look like? Well, I was going to ask you, what's the, what's the main thing that our listeners should do on Thanksgiving besides spending time with family? Like, do they also need to take a picture of their plate? I'm just saying. No, they need to reflect on the things that they are thankful for and recognize all the awesome stuff that they have in their life. And uh, they should definitely tweet that out or share that on Instagram and hashtag teach better and teach better talk so that we can know what you're thankful for. What do you, what's, what's awesome in your life? Like I, 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 we joke about like eating and turkey and all that stuff like in cranberry sauce, whatever. But like Thanksgiving's a really cool time. Like it's it's one it's the holiday that makes you sort of stop and think about everything that you do have in your life. Um, you know, we can get into sort of a downward spiral of you know things that are challenging in our lives or things that maybe we want that we can't get to or whatever. But it's really important to stop sometimes and think about what we do have in our life. And and yeah, that's that's family, friends, stuff like that. But just in general. So I'd love to hear and see um, our listeners, if you're listening, like what you're thankful for. What are you thankful for this year? I really want to know. Jeff, do you want to know what I'm thankful for? What? I am so thankful that Jen Apple, who was a guest on our podcast, blew my mind with all her amazing stories. <laughs> I love that you took the transition there. Nice work. Well, I was trying to make a, a bad Jeff Gargas dad joke, but mine was really sincere. I really, <laughs> really am thankful. For Jen coming on and sharing like good, like just greatness with us. Yeah. And she like starts it right off with a bang, sharing something that I had no idea about her and that you probably didn't either. And it's really cool. Some really interesting facts about her uh, and Sharon. So if you don't know Jennifer or Jen Apple, uh, we had her husband Hans on back on episode 73. We finally got Jennifer on. She came out to Teach Better Conference. She, she blew minds there. Um, and she did the same on this pod, this episode. This is a great episode. I'm so happy. Like this, I'm, 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 here's my dad joke. Ready? I am thankful that this is our Thanksgiving episode, honestly, because this was fantastic. Oh, such a good Thanksgiving episode. Yes. So, so Jennifer is a teacher and she's an instructional coach at uh, enterprise middle school. She's been teaching for 21 years and she goes through sort of what all she's taught. She has a wide range of things that she's taught. She comes from, uh, I love, she talks about that she just always wanted to be a teacher. She comes from a family of teachers, fourth generation. Um, and they do a good, such an awesome job at EMS. Uh, in 2018, the school was awarded the ASCD Whole Child Award for the state of Washington and the Global Class Act Award for creating a culture of excellence through kindness, service, and empathy. They were also a uh, finalist in the 2019 PBIS Film Festival, which is pretty cool. Uh, they took top prize in the community, parents, and staff category. Like that's pretty awesome. They've got a really cool podcast that they do. Uh, Jennifer writes uh, blogs and lessons for Character Strong. In 2018, 
Uh, Jen actually helped launch a blog about school culture and helped roll out that podcast, which is a student-led leadership podcast called Award-Winning Culture. Uh, it's hold, hosted by the Wildcat Nation. Um, so you can catch that on iTunes. I think we'll make sure to include that in the show notes as well. Super awesome episode. So happy to have Jennifer on. She really shares some really, really cool insights in here. Ray, is there anything in particular that stood out that you really want people to pay attention to? Other than Maya? Uh, yeah, you didn't even talk about Maya. <laughs> I knew it. I'm going to just add this. Maya is their amazing cheap dog that is seven years old that gets her very own shout out so please go follow maya on instagram it is totally worth it (laughs) and with that let's get an episode 124 with jennifer apple Hey everyone, it's Ray. We're going to get right back to the episode, but we have to talk about Mastery Chat real quick. Hashtag Mastery Chat is our conversation every single week over on Twitter, happening Thursday nights at 7 o'clock Central, 8 o'clock Eastern. I never thought a Twitter chat could be more intense, but holy cow, do I love Mastery Chat nights. Really rich discussion, educators from across the world, and I always leave with a new idea that I'm ready to use in my classroom Friday morning. Don't forget to mark your calendars for Thursday at 8 o'clock Eastern, and we will see you over on Twitter. Now let's get back to the episode. All right. We are here, and we are talking with Jennifer, Apple, and Jen. I, I already did it. I did Jennifer and Jen. So I guess we're just going to figure out how I feel the whole time. Yeah, so, it's really uh, <laughs> Super excited to have you on. We're already laughing, as you can tell, having a good time. <laughs> I was just looking back because I wanted to see. We had your husband, Hans, on. He was number 73. Wow. So that was a, it was a while ago. It took us yeah. a long time to get you on. And, you know, we're all, I think we've all agreed collectively to blame Hans for that. <laughs> right. Uh, so it's right. his fault. That's fine. We're super I excited like to have you out. Yeah, exactly. You, you were, you were just out a couple weeks ago at the, at the first ever Teach Better conference. You and Hans came out and helped us kick that thing off uh, with a bang for the first year. I've heard nothing but amazing things about your yeah. session. So. Thank you. It was amazing. You're, you guys did an amazing job on the conference. It was really, it's the best thing I've been to. I came back and told my whole staff that. I said it was the best thing I've ever been oh, to. Wow. So you guys did an amazing job. So it was really cool. Well, wow. That, yeah, that really does mean. That means I did all the work, us. Jen. Uh, I did everything for the conference. I, really I know did. you did. I know you did. So I really appreciate all the work that you did. <laughs> I appreciate that. Okay. Let's just, we'll give him credit. Jeff did. 99% of the work and he's super he cool. He did a little bit. Whatever. <laughs> I think actually like the, the all the, the primary bulk of the heavy lifting was actually done by all of our presenters who brought all the value Completely to it. Completely true. You know, we just we just try to organize a space for it and a time and a place for everyone to come in. But I mean, without those presentations and without the people bringing that knowledge from Oliver, I mean, that's otherwise, like, what do we have, right? Just me, me and Ray and Chad and Tiff hanging out on a stage. I mean, what's, you right. know, balloons, a lot of muffins. <laughs> we had a lot of muffins. So, a lot of muffins. A lot of muffins. <laughs> so anyway, so before we get rolling here, Jen, I really right. just, we're already chatting here, but I, I really want to just know how you're feeling right now. Like, how's, how's it going? How's your day going? How are you feeling? Pretty good. I had a great day today. I was walking out of school and I had one of my students go, Miss Apple, I'm listening to an ebook right now. And I was like, okay. And he's like, it's all about leadership. I'm so excited. And I was like, what kid is excited about listening That's to awesome. an ebook on leadership? I was I like, that it. is so cool. So it made my day. I was very happy walking out of the building today. So pretty cool. Nice. That's a great way to have a day. That's awesome. 
Well, Jen, I want to talk about you for a minute because I know we've talked a bunch and obviously getting to hang out with you at the Teach Better conference, but you have done so much and I'm so excited to kind of dive into your background education, even just, I mean, geez, that story of the student who's talking about leadership. Like I know that there's so many nuggets that we're going to get out of this, but first we're going to start off with something easy, which may not be so easy, but we're going to call it easy. Would you mind kind of telling us what you do in education? Like what's your role? Um, well, I've been in education. I hate to say this because it makes me feel old. Um, but this is my 21st year as, um, an educator, which is kind of crazy to think about. Um, I started when I was like 10. So that's how I've gotten, you know, to this. <laughs> so I'm like pretty young when I started. Um, but I have been, I've basically taught everything. Um, I went to school to be a special ed teacher. And then I realized, no, I kind of want to go into reading. And so I have, I'm a reading specialist. Um, I have a master's in reading. Um, and I have a K eight degree and then a K 12 degree. So I can kind of teach a little bit of everything. Um, and so I've taught everything from math to everything, but science basically. Um, and right now, currently I'm the instructional coach. So I've been in the classroom for the last 20 years and this is the first year I'm not in the classroom, which is really strange. Um, but it's kind of fun at the same time. So now I'm teaching teachers, um, and kind of helping them along the way, which is kind of crazy to think about, but I, I worry that I wasn't impacted as many students, but I have to keep telling myself now I'm impacting all of the students in the school, um, because I'm able to like teach other teachers, you know, about it. So, um, I've been a college professor. I've, I mean, I've kind of done a little bit of everything in education, um, so far. I love it. So we got a lot to go off of here. So a lot of different jobs all over the place, 21 years, uh, starting so young too. I know. Uh, you I know. know. <laughs> we, we, we talk about failure a lot on this podcast. You know, we talk about the, the, the failure and how we overcome it and stuff. And with that type of a career, with not just the length of time that you've been in education, but also the different positions you have, the different uh, degrees that you've achieved and the, and the different ways you've been working. And now in a new position this year, I'm excited to hear. Can you kind of take us, tell us about the time you've had a failure in your career. Can you tell us what happened, how to make you feel, how did you overcome it? And then what did you take away from that? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, and I think we always learn, like you said, I mean, that's how we learn is from our failures. And the failure I have is actually before I even started in education. And it was when I was in college and I was applying to get into the education program. And I had, I had wanted to be a teacher since I could walk. I mean, I've, I've never wanted to be anything else but a teacher. I come from a line of educators. Um, and so I've always wanted to be a teacher. And so I went to apply to the education department and I couldn't get in. I didn't pass the initial testing. Um, and I got like, you know, I always got 100% in math because math was my thing. And so I got 100% on this like ACT test. I got 100% um, perfect score in math and I couldn't pass the reading. Um, and I'd never been able to pass a reading test like my entire life. And so in the ed program, luckily I was going into education program and they understand how to deal with things. And so they tested me and they said, well, did you know you have dyslexia? And I said, I had no idea I had dyslexia. And so I had gone through my entire life and I, I didn't know I had, I'd never been able to pass these reading tests, do all these things. And I apparently had dyslexia this whole time. So a few weeks later, we were at my parents' house and my husband Hans was my boyfriend at the time. And he was at the house with us and he happened to be going into psychology. And so he had started his psychology program, luckily. 
And my mom happened to work at my old high school and she had gotten my um, Cume file. So she'd gotten this file all about me when I was a kid. And I had just found out a few weeks earlier, I had dyslexia and I was, uh, you know, kind of overcoming that. And we were going through this file and Hans happened to see this paper in there. And he said, do you know what this is? And I said, oh, I remember when I was in like second grade, like my teacher said, oh, she doesn't know how to read. She can't do anything. And so they had tested me for special education classes. And all I remembered was I didn't, nothing, like I, nothing happened from that test. And all of a sudden they gave me another test. And I said, I just remember the other test being really fun. And it was like all these shapes and all these weird things. And so I took this other test and I said, I don't really remember that. I don't remember the outcome of it. I just remember I took these two tests. And he said, well, this is an IQ test. And it happened to be the Woodcock Johnson, which they don't use much anymore, but they used back then. And he said, you do know what your IQ is? And I said, I have no idea. I'm not very smart. So I assume it's pretty low. Um, and he said, well, you have 156 IQ. He said, that's what it says. And I said, you know, I didn't know much about IQ back then. And I said, well, what does that mean? And he said, well, Einstein's about 154. And I said, what are you talking? Like, I have a higher IQ than, than Einstein? Like, what, what are you talking about? And so come to find out, I actually have a genius level IQ, um, but I have dyslexia. And so it kind of, they counteract each other. And that's why I could never pass a reading test. Um, and so my whole life, I thought I was stupid. I thought I couldn't do anything. I thought... I'm dumb. I don't know how to read, you know, all of these things in my mind my entire life um, because I'd never been able to pass like a standardized kind of test um, and come to find out from my husband that um, I was actually like had a genius IQ. And then I started thinking about all the things that happened to me in school and the ways that um, I was treated because I basically had this low self-esteem about reading. And so teachers just kind of treated me like, oh, she can't read, you know, and just kind of ignore her. Um, and in reality, I was a really good reader. I just had this, this block in my mind that I couldn't do anything. Um, and then I started thinking about a few more things. And I started asking Hans, I'm like, well, do people think this way? Because I thought not very smart people thought in pictures. Well, I have a photographic memory. And I thought that that's how like people that weren't very smart thought. Um, and apparently it wasn't that way. And I had no idea. I had no idea I was the smart person. I just thought I was always stupid. And so overcoming um, that obstacle in my like personal life made me so that um, I really had empathy for students going into it. And I changed my major. I was a special ed major. And I said, you know what, I'm going to go into reading because I don't want kids to ever feel the way I did about reading. And so that's why I became a reading specialist and basically like changed my whole outlook on education and everything, the, the way that I thought about students. You know what I mean? Oh, my God. Are wow. you the coolest person on the planet? <laughs> what a, can we just end it right now? That was um, so we're going to flip and talk about talk about a success. But that was like. <laughs> So, but let, let's do it. That was a really cool story. I really appreciate you sharing. That's, really, that's yeah. really neat. I had no idea. That's really cool. So let's flip it though. Let's let's talk about a successful right. moment you've had. This could be big or small, but tell us what happened. Why was it a success for you? And then what did you take away from that? Um, well, I, the, when I saw this question, I was kind of thinking about it. And I, I was thinking of a student in particular. This was 
this was back when I first started teaching, um, and I happened to be teaching history at the time. And I had this student in my class, and um, this was back when I gave you know traditional tests. You know, this was eighteen, you know, seventeen, eighteen years ago. And um, I was giving a test, and I always let the kids. There was like an essay portion of the test, and I always let the kids do the essay at home, and then they would bring that to class, and they could they could basically like use their notes or whatever, kind of rewrite write the essay ahead of time. And so this little girl, it was a sixth grader, I think at the time, I was teaching sixth grade and she came in and she got the test and she just started bawling, like crying. And so I, of course, you know, like every teacher I went over and I talked to her and so I took her out in the hall. I finally got her to calm down. Well, she had forgotten her essay. She'd forgotten her notes at home. And so I said, don't worry about it. Let's just do the rest of the test, you know, and then let's just finish it tomorrow. It's no big deal. Not not a problem. Don't even worry about it. You're going to be fine. And so she went in and took the test. She came back the next day, did it, whatever. So I had this, you know, kind of a relationship with this student because of this one incident, et cetera. So years later, probably, you know, I don't know how many years later, probably eight or nine years later, I was a college professor at the local university and um, I was teaching teacher prep classes. And before you, when you start the program, you have to go through these interviews in order to get into the program. And so part of their interview, they have a little portfolio, et cetera. Well, this student who happened to be, who was in my class in sixth grade, was now going to the college, the university I was teaching at. And she came in and we were doing the interview. And she came in. I said, oh my gosh, how are you? You know, we we introduced her, talked again. And she said, well, can I show you something? And I said, of course. And so she opened up her portfolio. And one of the things they had to do was write an essay on basically why you wanted to be a teacher. And she goes, I wrote the essay about you. And I said, what are you talking about? And she said, you're the reason that I'm here and you're the reason I want to be a teacher. And so she wrote this essay like years later and she goes, it's because, and she recalled that one incident where it was just, I was just being a teacher, you know, like everyone does um, and understanding her. But she came back years later and said, basically, I'm going into education because of you. And now she works at our district and she's a wonderful teacher and it's amazing. But it was just that it's the small things that make a huge difference that you kind of forget about until someone reminds you of them. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Oh my God, Jen, I wish that I could, we have a lot of people on this podcast, but I could listen to you talk for hours. Like you are so (laughs) full of stories and just, oh my God, Mm -hmm. I... I don't know. Am I, Jeff, am I a complete loser? Do you, I mean, just. Well, yeah. It has nothing to do with this. I'm just saying. I I'll, mean, I'll tell my story. I'll tell my storytelling teacher from college that you're proud of me, that her telling a story. So <laughs> No, between, I mean, geez, between your struggle as a student, which I can completely empathize with. I was like hanging on every last detail. And then your story about inspiring a student that you had by simply seeing them as human beings and the impact you had long term i mean i don't think there's anything more that you could want in 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 your you know like teaching career is wanting to support a student in a way that serves them and i'm so right i think that's so fabulous thank you thank you it was it was a pretty cool moment i was like started crying like she she and i hugged because it was like okay this is like such a cool thing like I'll always remember that. It's it's just really neat that she came back and was able to tell me that. You know, you don't always hear those stories. So well, that's, it was pretty cool. That's kind of the a really important part is that as teachers, we hope so much that we have that impact. But you really never know. And unless, unless a student really actively chooses to make it known, 
which, oh my gosh, when they do, is that just so amazing? But unless they really take that effort, they probably, it doesn't mean that you didn't make an impact. It just, nobody told you about it. Right. And I really realized that as a teacher is that I try so much to go back to my mentors to ensure that they know because it's so it's so valuable for a teacher to hear the the impact that they had. Right. right. And it reminds you to do those things. You know, it reminds you to do the little things. You know, I, I tell my students that all the time. I try to teach them that. Like, you have no idea what one little small thing that you do for somebody will make a huge impact on their life, you know? Mm, it's totally true. So with everything you're involved in, I mean, geez, you've told two incredible stories and I've gotten to learn from you at the Teach Better Conference. I mean, holy cow. There must be so much that continues to keep you inspired and excited about education. But if you had to pick one of the major elements that you're just so excited about for education, what would you choose? I think in my new role, I think that the thing I'm excited about is just innovation. You know, thinking of new ways of doing things. Um, You know, I I think that's... I, I was trained as an elementary person, I would never teach over second grade. And now I've taught middle school for I don't know how many years, um, for like 19 of those 20 years. But that was my training was just like that innovative part of it and that creativity. You know, I think that that's the thing I'm excited about is I want, um, I want kids to get back to that. I want them to be creative. I want them to think it's okay to think outside the box. It's okay to have crazy ideas because one day you could be Google. I mean, who knows? Like someone thought they were crazy. So I just, I'm really excited about that aspect of it is bringing that like creativity and innovation back into our classrooms. And it doesn't necessarily have to be through technology. It doesn't have to be through a computer. It can be through anything, you know, anything that excites people and really wants them to learn more and try something new. That's that's the part I'm excited about right now. I say the crazier the better. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> so with that being said, how do you how do you make that happen? How do you make that a, a norm? You know, what type of advice would you give to a teacher that wants to achieve all these amazing things, wants to ensure they're reaching students in that way? What what would you say to them? What would be your your tip? Well, I, th- I think the biggest thing is, is that you have to keep learning. You know, as teachers, you know, we're expecting our kids to learn new things all the time and be creative and do all these things. You have to do the same thing as a teacher. Like, I'm constantly learning new things. I'm constantly, like, researching things and looking things up because I don't know it all. I don't, I don't know everything. And so I'm constantly having to learn new things. Um, I tell the kids that all the time, like, I don't know how to do a TikTok video. I don't know what I'm doing. So I have to like look it up and learn from someone else. You know, I had no idea how to do Instagram until like a couple years ago. And then someone showed me, I was like, okay, I'll try this. Like, I have no idea. So I think as a teacher, you have to be willing to learn and open-minded to learning new things, even if it's not your favorite. <laughs> so, you know, even if you don't like music, maybe you need to learn something about it. Maybe push yourself in that direction um, to try something new. So as a new teacher, that would be my advice. Don't just do the 15 credits you have to have every five years to renew your certificate. Like be a learner, like wanting to learn about anything and everything, not just in education. Just be willing to learn anything. Well, and you build such better relationships with students that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's such good advice, even outside of being teachers, just in life in general, right. just continue to be a learner. 
every day trying to learn something. I love that. That's awesome. So, all right, let's have a little bit of fun. Okay. We're going to do the next six questions, and your goal is to answer each one in 15 seconds or less. Are you ready? Okay. I am I think I can do it. I'm ready. All right. What is one Jeff. tech tool? You, not what, Ray? Jeff, she's a genius. <laughs> she's going to rock this out. You should might as well just give her the trophy now. I should have never told anyone that story because now they're going to think I'm supposed to be really smart. Oh, so. no. You're going to expect more from me. <laughs> I'm like going to ask you right now to retell that story. I just want to hear it again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here we go. What is one ed, one ed tech tool you cannot live without? Um, right now, Google, because I'm the new tech coach and I don't really know anything, so I have to Google it. <laughs> uh, give us a book that you're reading right now. Um, the audiobook I'm reading is Moment of Lift by Melinda Gates. My personal book I'm reading is Educated by Tara Westover. And my education book I'm reading right now is Ed Renalin, but Rush by John Meehan. Uh, who do we need to follow on Twitter or Instagram today? Um, on Instagram is my dog, Maya. It's Maya.Shelty, and she'll just make you smile every day. <laughs> and then on Twitter is Don Epps because... Just because he's Don Epps, like he makes me laugh every day. Like I love him. Uh, give us a good YouTube channel or website for educators. Um, Newzella. I love their site, all their articles. Uh, how about a daily, weekly, or monthly routine every teacher should get into? Exercise. exercise. I exercise every single day for at least an hour, and it'll save your life as a teacher. And what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Um, be yourself in your lesson. Don't just follow the formula or script. Put your own personality into it. She killed it, Ray. I know. I told you she would. Get get that trophy sent over. Jen, I just want you to know I was totally <laughs> listening, but I did also uh, search and follow Maya on Instagram. Okay, good. I'm so she'll be so happy to have you following her. She just makes you smile. She's adorable. So. She is the most adorable dog. <laughs> she really is. I'm not biased at all being her mother, but you know. <laughs> We are totally on the same wavelength. I, I think we could have done this podcast episode without Jeff because you are totally speaking my language. We could have talked for hours. Oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah, about the, the whole dog mom. I mean, absolutely. It's There are children. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, Jen, I'm really excited <laughs> to ask you this last question because I really think that while our listeners are absolutely going to follow Maya, I also want them to connect with you and continue this conversation because this truly, truly is only the beginning. So would you mind kind of sharing how our network can get connected to you if they're not already? Yeah. So my Twitter is Jennifer M. Apple, and Apple spelled funny, A-P-P-E-L, um, on Twitter. And then on Instagram is awardwinningculture, at awardwinningculture. And then you can go to our website, awardwinningculture.com, and that has the blogs and the podcast and everything you would want, just the highlights and other fun stuff. So that's the best way to connect. And, you know, you can find all the links and resources and everything we've talked about in this episode over at teachbetter.com, as well as those really important links for connecting with Jennifer. So head over to teachbetter.com for all of that. Be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. And if you can give us a rating and review, we'd really appreciate that as well. And let's keep taking this one step further, thinking of just three of your colleagues who need to hear these amazing stories and share this podcast with them. Jen, this has been phenomenal. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm so glad that we were able to bring you out to the conference and connect in real life uh, and share your story there and then bring you on the podcast and share you here. We really, really appreciate your time and your energy and your just simple awesomeness. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And until next time, let's get out there and let's teach better. Bye.